Welcome back to the Post Pod. I'm your host, Drew Gross. Got a good one for you today. Uh, before we get started, Nicholas, how we doing? Good to be back, D. I'm pumped. I'm ready to go. Let's go. Welcome back from Kiowa. Uh, back in the real world. We've been on a little Post Pod hiatus, but uh, hey. Reality we, check. We never left. We've uh, We've been here the whole time. I wish I wish I was coming back to my my day job, just being hopping on a pod Monday morning. Uh, unfortunately, I came back to uh, an inbox and a Slack backlog that was incredibly frightening. So this is long overdue for me. The day that this is a full time gig is uh, is the day that we made it. That day is very long in the future, but hey, we can we can shoot for the moon. To the moon, baby, just like Dogecoin. All right. Well, today we have our shoot. It might be our seventh guest in a row. We are streaking with the guests. Six, six guests in a row, maybe. Today we've got our good buddy Reed Lynch, aka Stephen. For those of him who might know him, I have never known this man as Steve Nicholas. Also, in the same vein, he is Reed to us. Always will be Reed. Um, a nickname coined by. Yours truly, of course. Uh, back in the Penn State days, Reed and I were uh, in the same, um, not barracks, uh, in, the, <laughs> in, in the same dorm uh, freshman year. East Hall is the barracks. Yes, yes. Shout out Stu Hall. Uh, Reed, thanks for coming on, man. Good to have you. My nickname precedes me. Thanks for having me, boys. I'm happy to be here. Yes, it's uh, the, yours is is an all time one. You and Lee will always stick with the uh, aforementioned nicknames. It can never be Eric and Steve. That's just uh, that's that'll that'll never be the case. It's attached to my social media, my professional accounts. People at work see this. You know, Reed is here to stay. I love it. Putting that on my gravestone. Uh, I will say, Lee actually called me out the other day. I still had him as in my phone as Eric Feldman, and and Lee, if you're listening, you should know that your contact is updated. You you are now Lee. That probably seriously offended Lee. I can only imagine he he would not have taken to that lightly. I know all the boys have me as reading their phone, so I feel like I had to I had to pull off the seam. If anybody that knows us has has you as Steve in their phone books, that is so uncalled for it's not it's not even funny yeah good reading okay yeah i mine has has definitely left uh for the most part but uh diesel still lives on as well and in, in, in some light that's right i i'm a huge fan of just the the one name whether it's a nickname or, or some version of that i i love I feel like for a while I went to like everyone had their first and last name. I will admit that Eric is still one of those. I got to switch that over. But uh, yeah, there's there, there's increasingly one name. Keep it moving. Prince. Your Ralt duck bag is one of the cleanest. There's only a few duck bags in existence for Mama Golf. Mine is one of them. I've got um, a couple back in Phoenix as well and yours has got Ralt on the on the ball pocket one of the cleanest probably the cleanest duck bag made as of yet if that hasn't gotten 
numerous amounts of compliments to this point, I would be extremely, extremely offended. The caddies in Kiowa were digging it. And one that it's light, they first like the, more than anything, they picked it up and they're like, oh yeah, we, I can carry this. Yeah. You, you weren't getting called for the switch outs. Thomas Baralt, he thinks his bag is light. It's like 30 pounds heavier than everyone else is. Did they switch it out? Nah. I mean, they soldiered through somehow, but I think he had to empty some of it out. The driving range, his little driving range patch, I think, had a few just like trinkets sitting on it that they, they didn't take with him. Well, I will say I caught a glimpse of that bag at Kiowa, and the script, as Drew said, the script with Ralt in it, I didn't say anything, but I had a moment where I looked at that, and I was like, wow. That is swag. <laughs> you would think a guy with uh, with his name on his back would play a little better, but that's a different story for a different day. It, the, the bag is – I get happy when I see it, D. It's, it is so smooth. The quality is peak. Shout out Vessel. Yes. Um, but Mama Golf, no one is surprised, only produces the finest of products. Absolutely. Yeah, that that bag of all of them is, is probably the cleanest. May it – uh, stay in good condition for the foreseeable future. That's on you, my friend. Amen. All right. Um, Reed has put together a small list of roll dogs, as we always do. So let's kick it off with a few roll dogs. Reed, uh, in no particular order, could be bottom of the list, could be top of the list, middle, whatever you want. Give me, uh, give me two off the bat real quick. All right. I'll preface this by saying this is – the peak of the excitement for the pod for me, I put in a little bit of research and a lot of thought into this. Um, and without further ado, I think I'm going to set the tone early with a little bit of an unconventional roll dog. Uh, I don't think everyone's going to know it, but I think a lot of people will. Um, and this being the F1 Motorsports episode, I'm going to start with Dick Trickle. Dicky Trickle. <laughs> Dick Trickle, NASCAR racer. I, I can you spell it for me? How how is Trickle spelled? Just how you think it was spelled. T R I C K L E. Dick Trickle. Uh, this guy is an actual legend. Are you guys ready for this? Hey, go ahead. Give me the reasoning. Yeah, I need it. Old Dick is out of Wisconsin. He's got over 1,000 short track wins, which is widely considered the best ever. Not just in NASCAR, but all kinds of like small town Wisconsin uh, races. <laughs> no big deal, but he was the NASCAR Rookie of the Year at the ripe age of 48 years old. Wow. A late bloomer. Dick. Dicky Trickle. And uh, old Dick smoked cigarettes while he was racing. No way. <laughs> He drilled a hole in his safety helmet so that he could light his cigarettes. Yo, that's unreal. Dickie, that, that, that's from the past. This guy cannot be, uh, there's no way Dickie Trickle is still still on the tracks, right? We're talking 60s, 70s, 80s. Okay. Uh, it got to the point, though, that NASCAR actually allowed him to do this, and he was caught on TV in his in-car camera lighting up and smoking his cig. Wow. What was the facial hair situation on Dick Trickle? It was kind of like uh, it was kind of like a scratchy kind of not not so different than mine, but more like a goatee kind of like low cut beard situation. Gotcha. Well, I'll give you I'll give you the reasoning for Dickie Trickle. That's that's strong. And the name. I mean, that's a roll. That's a roll dog name if I've ever heard one. Can't be a roll dog without the name, right? 
Absolutely. That's uh, and we've we haven't had a racing nomination yet, so it's it's fitting that you would be the first one. Wanted to add a bit of a touch there. One final note on Dick. He uh, he actually passed away, took his own life. So he is, if accepted into the Hall of Roll Dogs, he would be, I think, the first posthumous induction, right? As far as I can remember, yes. Yeah, some of those baseball ones, I'm not a hundred percent sure on, but yeah, that that's that sounds right. Most of them have been recent recent dogs that's probably 90s like the oldest yeah right that's probably our oldest our oldest dog yet yeah r.i.p dick damn trick yeah everyone listening out there whenever the time comes maybe today today's a friday when we're recording this pour a miller high life out the next time because uh dick trick will sponsor by him And, and call your friends check on your people everybody yes yes sir pour one out for for dicky trick I love that. Good one, Reed. All right, give me number two. That's a that's a strong start. Thank you. I think number two is going to be number two landed on one of those ones that I thought had to be said already. And D, you're gonna laugh as soon as you hear it. Raul Mondesi. That's a <laughs> that's a classic. Shout out to shout out to Lee and calling out our uh, our oversight on uh, the original roll dog noms where we pretty much oversighted all the OG roll dogs. Raul falls into that category as OG roll dogs in the uh, formulated in the palm back in 2011. Absolutely. And I think his career reflects it too. He started off as rookie of the year and then had a pretty mundane career otherwise. And I don't know if you guys know this, but he was the former mayor of San Cristobal, Dominican Republic. Politician in his own right. Wow. And going along with that, he was sentenced to eight years in prison for corruption. Oh, <laughs> four. Is that, is he still serving that sentence? <gasps> I have no idea, but that's a tough look for Raul. So wait, as mayor, he gets, he does some shady shit and bam, corruption and convicted and he goes to prison. I mean, being mayor, you have a lot of opportunity to to grease the wheels. So I can't blame him 100%. I guess I'm, I'm thinking back to, you know, how many times has a politician been tried in this country for some crazy shit? And like that, whether they're proven guilty or not, that they don't go to jail for eight years. <laughs> That's poor Raul. Gosh, <laughs> you got pinched and you got pinched hard. The Dominican doesn't play. Junior's out there uh, in the league right now, isn't he? Raul Jr. Oh gosh. That's a great question. I'm pretty sure. He uh like like Vlad, you know, Vlad Jr. is out there. I'm I'm po- I'm pretty sure uh Mondesi, yeah, Mondesi Jr. aka well, I guess it's not Raul Jr. His name is Adel Adelberto Mondesi. Yep. And that is a roll dog name in itself. Seriously. Shout out the Mondesi family. For real. No resemblance to Raul. This guy's uh, skinny and fit. Raul could not say the same. That generation of baseball players produced the next great generation of baseball players. Like that, you know, I feel like you had Barry Bonds' dad used to play. Ken Griffey's dad used to play. There was like a handful and there's kind of a novelty back then. And now it's just like 
if you played in the 80s and 90s, the odds that your kid is at least like a minor leaguer are feels like it's sky high. Okay, so now I'm coming across new information here. Not 100% sure if Aldoberto could be. Oh, no. (laughs) Aldoberto could be another son of Raul, but Mr. Raul Mondesi Jr. was in the league from 2010 to 2014. He has since retired from baseball. All right. So still relevant. They are both the son of Raul Mondesi, though. Aldoberto is confirmed son of Raul. Yes, I saw that on online, so I can definitely believe it. Okay, cool. Well, got two boys out there. Uh, well, we're out there. One still. Should make it a father-son nomination. Great nom, Reed. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. A package deal into the Ardoff. Ra- Raul should carry the torch, and if there was a bust to be created for the Ardoff, the bust would be of of Raul not of Junior. Aldoberto might have a might have a, a say in this when it's all said and done, but you got to earn it, my friend. You know, you got to be talked about in, in college apartment rooms for years and years uh, at a time before you're willing to to be considered. Aldoberto is not even close to a household name at this point. Well, we're not closing the book on him. Penn State He's 25 years of, old. Yeah. Penn State class of 2030 might be talking about him in their apartment. Yep. Mondesi still still rolls off the tongue, no matter what the first name is. Yeah, he was uh, he was definitely a, a part of the the OG crew. Great nom, Reed. Strong, strong start. Two for two. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll, we'll we'll circle back on the um, inductions because those are those are simply noms. We'll have to circle back. But the main course of today's pod pod ten is the F1 preview for the 2021 season. Reed is a racing junkie in every sense of the word. I believe um, Father Reed or Mr. Reed or Reed Sr., however you would like to put it, is a racing legend, one might say. And uh, Reed's been around the tracks for most of his life. So Reed is our go-to um specialist and informant for f1 he has been an f1 fan for way longer than nick and i have for sure so we wanted to get reed on for the the preview delivery breakdown everything so if one of y'all have a particular take to get us started i'll i'll kick it off to you boys reed please the floor is yours i think we have to start with the timely news of the Netflix series Drive to Survive. Which oh my gosh! Let's go. I I will have to say, even you don't have to be an F one fan to watch this show. Um, I've heard it from from far and wide that it's captivating for people that are fans of sports, that are fans of drama, that are fans, of course, of racing. Um, but it really Comedy. kind of captures, yeah, it captures the essence of. Uh, of the sport and the personalities, like the larger than life uh, goings on of Formula One. And it just so happens that they dropped the trailer for season three today. Very fitting, extremely fitting. I can't, I'm so excited. I read, I I get classic, you know, you're, you're the expert. You knew about this eight hours before I did when the tweet came out, but uh, the, 
the fact that, you know, you get all 20 guys in their driver suits on the trailer. And I, I saw that and I saw the date and I was like, you have got to be kidding me. It's finally here. D has been pining for this for, I, I don't know, at least since we talked about even doing a podcast, probably longer. And well, that, uh, that's how Nick and I, I would say that's, that's how I, cause I saw the yes. both, both seasons of the series before I was really, a huge fan and that was my intro to f1 for sure i mean you had talked about it for forever but it's hard to just you know when somebody's just a, i didn't have anything to go off of i didn't have any context so that was my real entry into the sport and then last year i watched every race just because yep. i was addicted to it and uh reed back me up on this i'm almost positive that season two of is it Drive to Survive? Is that what it's called? Or what? That's right. Drive to Survive. I'm almost positive that season two was 2018's season. And then Nick said, I haven't seen the preview for season three, but Nick said the preview that came out today obviously refers to the season being around last season, which makes sense, right? So season three is 2020. I'm almost positive that season two was 2018. So are we being deprived of an entire season of drive to survive the 2019 F1 year. Is that correct? You know, we might need a citation here, but I'm fairly certain that the the season for this year is always, or the, the Netflix season rather for this year, is always going to be the F1 season for last year. Um, like you saw in the trailer for this year um, that it's very like COVID central, like, you know, how F1 adapts to the new uh, normal of COVID. Um, and I would have to confirm this, but I think season two is probably going to be the year before that. I honestly want to, I honestly want to figure it out right now. Cause I'm, I, okay. So the, yeah. So the, it looks like, yeah. Okay. So, so Ricardo was driving for Renault. So I, I actually think that was the year that, Ricardo and Rena and Hulkenberg were the Renault drivers and which would have been the year before last because then Nico was then the test driver for Racing Point last year and then last year was Ricardo's second year as a Renault driver for that reason I believe and then Alex Albon was in his first year for Red Bull because the year before that was season one when Gasly I thought season one was when Gasly got bumped up and then he got bumped back down and Albon yeah. was like the yes yeah. end of season driver and then he got the the two-year deal after that so I I think it's the puzzle is filled in it for some reason it just feels like it's been forever it does feel like it's been forever but no I, I guess I'm wrong so season one was released March 8th, 2019. So that would have been the season one would have been based around the 2018 F1 season. And then season two of drive to survive was released February 28th of 2020. So that would have been based on the 2019 season. And then this third season being released uh, two weeks from today would be around the 2020 season. So I guess I was, I guess I was wrong, but it just, see, yeah, it seems like it's been forever since, uh, I mean, it's been a whole year, I guess. I feel that way as well. And I'd just like to acknowledge the fact that Ralt dropped some driver knowledge from the top rope. 
the fact that we reconstructed that schedule based on the driver and team pairing is pretty excellent analysis, if you ask me. He kept going back to the Hulkenberg, Ricardo um, aspect. I miss my guy, Nico. I miss him. Yeah. He, he even he showed out last year in a couple of, uh, of backup spots that he got the start in. I'll, I'll say if uh, you were casted to play any F1 driver that's ever been on the board, you'd be casted as Nico Hulkenberg. The end Without of the story. Yeah. You guys told me that before I even watched it, too. Here and... <laughs> He's a fun guy. I like Nico. He's awesome. I like, yeah. to, I like to think of myself as uh, more of an Antonio Giovinazzi. <laughs> Is it the hair? Yeah, Maybe, every, everything. Yeah, no, you're, yeah, Giovinazzi. Although you'd be farther up the grid, I, I think, Reed. Yeah. Gio's coming way down the grid every, every week for sure. He holds his own, all right? For the car he's in, I'll, I'll give him some props. He's yes, an alpha he guy, right? He's alpha. Yeah, yes. For sure. All right, cool. Well, um, other than do you want to get into the liveries or do you want to talk like season preview guys to watch that kind of thing? Nick, what do you got? I just real quick have, have something. So Reed, you and I lived together in DC for a six month period before you migrated to New York. And I now have like a, a sense of regret because now I started watching F1 during the pandemic. So it was, and it's still a great way to start the morning, but you know, Sunday morning, you sit down, you get your coffee, you know, you, you just, you just watch the race for two hours. You're, you're excited or, you know, unless you're watching Abu Dhabi, then you're like, why the hell did I just waste two hours watching that? But I, I, I would love to have that just like sense of like the boys watching the race together. And I'm curious if you've ever like had that, do you like, and your dad watch together or like, what's that like if you ever had that experience? I will say it doesn't quite hit the same when I'm watching with my girlfriend and cat. Right. But yeah, the energy's <laughs> sure. a little bit. Beyonce. Beyonce. Beyonce, yeah, excuse me. But every <laughs> F1 race I've watched up to this point has been boyfriend, girlfriend. But um, no, watching watching with the boys adds a lot to the F1 experience. Um, there, there's kind of a lot of, of technical um, excitement that isn't necessarily picked up by people that aren't invested in the sport. Um, but no, usually... <laughs> my friends actually give me quite a lot of grief about this. I'm usually watching these on my own because of what you said, the, the time difference. Um, there have been times where there's a 1 a.m. Eastern time race across the world. And I'm out at the bar on a Saturday night with my friends. And I'm like, I'm going home to watch the race. And the, the look on their face is completely unacceptable. Right. right. What a way to cap the night. That's incredible. Because I, like Nick, I had to wake up crack of dawn to watch all the races in the pandemic sometimes you're waking up at five most of the time six if it was earlier than that there were some at four or three that you just had to record because it wouldn't make sense to wake up that early but what a way to cap the saturday night a little live f1 race oh. that, that sounds incredible it takes a bit of dedication and i think i only stayed up for the first maybe five laps before i'm knocked down the couch but absolutely worth it for sure for the dude for, for the, the red lights going out? Are you kidding? Like, that's that's peak right there. First two laps is, I mean, there were some races last year where the first two laps had the entire, um, every exciting parts of the whole race in those first two laps. That's where you make your money in an F1 race. That's true. 
I was gonna say, you know, like hockey announcers are revered for their ability to like follow the puck and just say like name to name to name to name to name, like goal. And like the F1 guys, the start of the race, he he's screaming, first of all, oh, and Joe Venezzi around the court. Like he's just going at it, but he is so smooth, so crisp. And it like you can just feel the energy. And that part I cannot wait to feel again. I knew his name during last season. Now it, it um, it, I'm losing his name at this point, but he is, he is the best. I don't know anybody that can rip, he rips off every single guy's name and what they're doing, like rapid fire in those first two minutes. He is so good and he keeps it up for the whole race, but those first two laps, he is on one. And that just adds to the excitement. It, it's incredible. We might be talking about David Croft, who they call Crofty. He's one of the main guys in the booth. Is that is that him? I can't. I'm not. That doesn't. It's not ringing a bell. Is it Brundle? David Croft? There's Martin Brundle. Martin Brundle does the uh, the track walks, which are also like pretty electric pre uh, race. Uh, okay. Yep. He does these. He does these like track walks, like through the grid, where all the uh, the cars are lined up, the drivers like putting the gloves on, the engineers like wrapping the tires and heat wraps. So it's, it's not actually him. like. It's not him. I think it's Croft Reed. I think it's Croft. Yeah. He is on one those first two laps. It is it's so exciting. Yeah. The really presentation is, is so impressive. It. Yeah. He really makes it. I'm interested to know if um, Father Flinch or Reed Sr. has a – does he have a particular favorite team or favorite uh, racer on the track? He does. And like a lot of other sports, I find myself rooting against him. Um, he goes back to arguably the best of all time. Well, he literally was the best of all time before Lewis Hamilton, but Can I Michael call Schumacher. Him? Oh, okay. Okay. I was going to say he's a Seb. Is he a Seb guy? Uh, he turned into a Seb guy. Awesome. So yes. Uh, Dave ball is Ferrari till he dies. Um, and oh. for that reason, I'm rooting against them every season. That's hilarious. Hell yeah. It, but but now that Seb's an Aston Martin guy, do you feel any other kind of way? Or, I mean, you respect Seb as well. Everybody oh, yes. does. Yeah. Are you pulling? I mean, I'm a huge. I think this year going into it, I'm I'm pulling for Aston Martin. I'm not a huge stroll guy, but the Aston Martin livery, which we'll get into, is awesome. And I think the whole rebranding with um, so they were so that's uh, formerly Force India, formerly um racing point racing point right and now it's aston martin correct right aston martin from racing point from force india um and to answer your question yeah i think i'm i'm all on board the Vettel train uh now that he's not a ferrari he's a good dude nah, he's cool i love my, my fit i think my favorite part there's so many awesome parts to watch in the race but in no other sporting experience that i know of do you get to hear the athlete speak to the team in their like private conversations and hear them like like it, 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 it's similar to like listening to the quarterback talk to the offensive coordinator about like his terrible play calls it's it, it's like hearing that on the stream of the race and Vettel holds nothing back unlike any some of the guys are pretty cordial George shout out GR he's uh, he's very cordial yeah, absolutely gutted, mate. Uh, he's cordial on the call, but every time Vettel comes in, because it's like that, it's like a little chime that you know, like there's about to 
be a, a live feed of the of the radio. And Vettel is going last year, he was going in at them every single time. And that was so cool to hear. I agree. It's definitely one of the best parts. And and you could tell last season specifically was exacerbated because Vettel was like over the whole Ferrari thing. And he's like, give me a faster car. He's so frustrated every race. And it's so fascinating to watch that stuff. I'll give you a little tip. The uh, every after every race, like the next day, F1 YouTube channel will put out like the best radio of the race. It's an absolutely electric video, like five to eight minutes. And it just gives you like the best rundown of like what happened in the race behind the scenes. That's a good insight. I, I didn't know that. The caption that they do such a good job with the captions too. I remember the one, there's one, I think it was, it might've been early 2020 and uh, Raikkonen is pitting and they're telling him at the last second, yes, don't pit, don't pit, don't pit. And he's like, I'm already effing in here. <laughs> too late, mate. Too it's late. Too late. <laughs> That might be another one, though, because like Kimmy and Seb, similar like legend, like former champion, no longer with their their team at this point. But they don't give a shit like they'll just if they feel a certain way, like this is where George Russell, like he's still racing for Williams. It's not like he's Lewis Hamilton. You know, he he sees a path there maybe one day, but he doesn't have the chops yet. I feel like that's once you get to that certain point where you're a champion, whatever it is, you don't care who you're talking to. You are saying exactly what you feel in that moment. For that reason, Kimmy's an absolute legend. He's, he's yes. a fan favorite too. And he's completely over the hump. He has nothing to prove. He, he, has, he has said in public that the, he hates being an F1 driver, except when he's on the track. He hates the media. He hates dealing with the fans. And I was like, that's a very relatable mood. But just put me in a fast car and I'm happy as a clam. Love it. <laughs> except when you tell me to pit and I can't. Yeah. <laughs> F1 social media is absolutely unmatched. They are unbelievable at that. Yeah. Yeah. Unmatched social media. They're like, like the little clips, the comedy clips that they roll together, like after the race and everything else is, is so good. Better than any other uh, professional sports league, in my opinion. Even the teams too, that like the teams are so interactive with, with fans, with that. Like people will literally, I'll see them like tweet out a picture of, you know, freaking Carlos Sainz with his coffee in the morning. And then like there's 80 responses that just say, good morning, admin. And they respond to every single one, like good morning, smiley face. Just to me like that, the community around it is one reason why once you watch the documentary, because like Reed, you were talking about, you don't have to be a fan to watch it. In my opinion, you will be a fan once you watch it. And it's for stuff like that. Absolutely. And it's, it's totally a traveling circus. Like they're, they're, they're really are like a tight knit kind of family. Um, and I think they're leaning in on the social media side a lot more to these drivers that have like a fun personality that aren't just a complete wet blanket. Um, the last season we had Lando and Carlos Sainz, just like the kind of bromance uh, that people were going crazy for. And I think they realized that that kind of thing brings in people that aren't diehard race fans and gets them to watch races. Yeah, absolutely. Lando's a social media star. He's uh he's he's all over to him, GR. Um the Albon uh, RIP. He's a he's an esports racer now. Come on. The clerk, too. That whole young boys crew. I feel like that's like the Gasly. Gasly's a great Twitter follow. Yeah. Pierre. Uh oh. You are now P. Who, Pierre? 
I can't wait to watch the the Drive to Survive episode when he wins in Italy. I'm so that is going to be that. so good. Electric, I know. <laughs> the first thing he says on the radio after he crosses the line: "What did we just do?" <laughs> yes, yes. You are now P1, Pierre. <laughs> All right, Reed. Um, I I'll lead with my uh, preview take. I think if I were to take one guy this year um obviously you know lewis is lewis is too easy to take class of his own for sure you know he's the goat um i think just going off of last season sergio perez had such a good year and him coming into the red bull car is just like fuel to his fire in my opinion and i think he's just gonna pick up right where he started and uh I could see him winning, you know, multiple races and, and giving um, the GOAT a run for his money. I'd love to hear Reed's take. It's hard to bet against Sergio Perez. He, he had something to prove last season, and he went out and he made everyone realize that he's a badass driver. Um, so I think it's hard to bet against him. But I will say uh, almost everyone has had trouble being Max Verstappen's teammate. Um, the Red Bull program is built around Max. Um, their, their head of technical development, um, Adrian Newey, that he, he openly admits that they want Max to be the youngest world champion ever. Um, and, you know, put yourself in that position. It's kind of hard to be the teammate of someone that, you know, the whole team is rooting for. Um, so I'm happy that I think, sir, uh, yeah, Sergio will be a better competitor for Max and push each other to do more. But I'm a little bit worried about the effect, the, the the psychological effect of being like the clear number two. It's a good point. I think if if anybody's suited for that role, it's it it's arguable, it's arguably Sergio, because he's like less, you know, he's not one of the young boys. He's been around the block a little bit. He's proved himself, you know, a lot last year. And I mean, him coming into the Red Bull car, which is one of the best cars on the track, has got to be just an improvement for him on on all levels. I think pretty much every fan that is tired of the Mercedes domination is rooting for Red Bull and happy about the Perez signing because it's it's absolute quality near the top that can can challenge for wins. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have a like a, a a guy to look out for this year or somebody who you think will could challenge um, the top dogs, Botas, Hamilton? I do, um, and he's not an unknown, but the move to a new car, a more competitive car, and the fact that he's had a couple off years, I think some people might be sleeping on all Daniel Ricardo. Um, not to mention he is probably my favorite driver along with Lando. Now they're on the same team. I'm fully aboard the McLaren bandwagon. Um, but no, I think, I think McLaren is trending up. They're, they're about to be ready to, to challenge for podiums. And uh, I think Ricardo is a little bit better driver than Norris and Norris did well last year. So I think that bodes really well for some podiums and maybe a sneaky win from Danny Rick. I like that. What about, what about Carlos going to Ferrari? That's gotta be a, a good move as well. Right. Signs. For him. I think that's huge. Um, Ferrari like can't get out of their own way the past year or two. Um, so it's actually a little bit sad to, to see them in this state. Um, but again, I, th I think Carlos is a solid signing for them. He's an awesome driver. He was probably a little bit better than Lando too last year. Um, so it's only going to make them better if they can get the, the car figured out 
um, they might have a chance this year as well. Sweet. Nicholas, who are you looking at this year? Little little preview preview take from Nicholas. I root for Ricardo too, just because he's fun. I, I like guys that show their personality when whether it's a press conference, whether it's on the radio when you see those clips afterwards. And he's just a goofy ass dude. So I, I, I like the move for him as well in a better car. Um, McLaren on the rise after finishing um what was it third last year or fourth yeah they pulled off the p3 last year behind mercedes and red bull which is actually because right, ferrari dropped off so mclaren p3 um i i'm gonna root i'm gonna be rooting for him this year uh i, I think outside of that i want to see what my boy george russell can do i i think i wonder how like that program is treating him and, and like williams is is bottom of the pack but I feel like at some point, like you, you hopefully get to see, he had a couple near points finishes last year that whether it was like he robbed himself, there was that awful, awful rain delay one where he's just keeping the tires warm and he just bangs into the wall and is inconsolable on the side of the track afterwards. So my guy, George, I want to see him close to the points or in the points every single race this year. Yeah, you probably speak for everybody on that on that front. Absolutely. The relative performance of George Russell to his car is completely astronomical, like arguably number one on the grid. Is there that kind of advanced metrics for F1 read? Or are those are there things that speak to performance relative to car? That's a good question. I, I definitely in like the the subjective sense, like, you know, how would you rank these drivers? Like, I think they do that every week for every race. But as far as like a metrics and data standpoint, I don't know if anyone is, has kind of like quantified that. But that that's really interesting to think about. I think I, I would think, too, that performance relative to car like, you know, Perez last year in a racing point, um, just an absolute dog. That's I'm, I'm really excited to see those two together because there's two alphas on the Red Bull team now. And yes, Max loves to be the alpha. The program, like you said, is designed around him being the next guy. Paris doesn't care about that. He raced himself into that seat. They, they basically had no choice but to put him in that seat because of what Albon did last year. And Albon's a great number two for a guy like Verstappen, but he's not going to push Mercedes to the point where they're going to be competing for a constructors championship. And I think a guy like Perez, he could beat Verstappen any week if, in fact, Max isn't perfect. Red Bull looked at their driver lineup last year and they said, "We need more dogs. No more meow cats. No more meow cats. Can't be looking at my bands. My do I got on the right shoes? There's a cat in the house. Somebody said there's a cat in the house." I will say one thing to bring it back to Daniel Ricardo, even for, for non fans of the sport, I think people will be able to appreciate this kind of guy. He seems like the kind of guy that I want to have a beer with. 100%. Like I could kick back and be one of the bros with Daniel Ricardo. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Imagine Ricardo on a boys trip. Like that guy is probably unreal. <laughs> game over. Next level. Yeah. I think Danny Rick's uh, dabbling in the golf game as well. I think a little bit. He, uh, he actually was doing uh he had a collab because McLaren collabed with Rude. I don't know. Yeah, Reed. Yeah, so Rude is that is an LA brand that is like killing it right now. They did an NBA collab recently as well, and they collabed with McLaren 
like a few weeks ago, they debuted it for this year's uh, McLaren. I think it's the, what do you call the racing, the racer suits? Is that a the driver suit? Yeah. Yeah. So I think the root, I think the McLaren suit this year is like a rude suit and Danny Rick oh. was, yeah. And Danny Rick was uh, collabing with Mr. Rude for the, for, the, for the suit. Yeah, for sure. Danny Rick also does these awesome collabs also in LA. I think he's a big LA guy. Um, but he collabs with this, uh, this kind of like custom car artists, like, uh, they're called race service. Um, excellent Instagram follow if you're, you know, at all into cars or art. Um, but they're LA based and he's always there. They actually design his helmet. Um, and he always has one of the coolest helmets year in and year out. Yeah. What's it called again? The race service race service. I'll have to check that out. Shout out. Send the check to Brooklyn. Um, for the, uh, for the rookies, since there's like, how many rookies are on the, uh, like F1, um, rookies debuting this year? How many are there? Like four or five ish. Let's see. I think I got three. Um, I think I got Nikita Mazepin, Mick Schumacher, son of a legend and Yuki Tsunoda teammate to Pierre Gasly now. Um, but there is a caveat to that. There's an asterisk um, that all-time great Fernando Alonso is returning. But he, but he was a former, he was formerly F1, right? Yes, he took a break. He was on McLaren and he basically said, your car is too slow, I'm out of here. And then now that uh, he has a chance in a better car, um, the Alpine Renault, he's back. Is he healthy now? Because I heard he, he was in a bicycling, he was in a, a bicycling accident recently, right? Is he going to be ready for, for the debut? Yeah, sounds like he messed himself up. Um, you really hate to see that stuff. Um, it, I think it was cycling, like you said. Um, a, kind of a grave reminder of uh, American MotoGP rider Nikki Hayden. Uh, died that way as well a couple years ago. Cycling? So, yes. Yeah, cycling. So very scary news, but I think I did read as part of that that they expect him to be okay for the season. Okay, good. Good news. Is that like a hit by a car situation? Most likely, or if you're cycling in Europe, you might be going down a mountain road and going like 60 miles an hour. It's 80 kilometers per hour for our European listeners. <laughs> I don't know how many of those we have. Good Shout out to the European listeners. <laughs> um, do you have any out of those four? Would you peg any one of them uh, with the upper hand for this year? Maybe That's Alonso, a great question. Schumacher, maybe. Yeah, we won't count Alonso because he's a he's a world champion. Right. I know you're not a Mazepin guy. No, don't get me started. I will. I will say though that the Haas rookie duo of Schumacher and Mazepin they're going to be the most interesting because they have the same car. They're both rookies. It's kind of a sink or swim. I imagine that both of them won't last long term because if you have an equal car and you're constantly getting outdriven by your teammate, you don't last long in F1. Are you thinking that's going to be the case? Someone's going to be out driving the other? I think so. Well, it's hard to think with my brain and not my heart. For sure. As we talked a little bit about pre-pod um i think there's there's a lot of animosity and, and negative sentiment toward nikita mazepin right now um you know both because of the 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 video the inappropriate 
advances, but also before that. I mean, I watched him in Formula Two, the kind of like minor league um, feeder series to F1. Um, and he, there's no other way to say it. He drives like a dick. Um, Is there any comparison to someone who was on the grid last year or maybe a year within the last couple of years that you would compare him to? That's a good question because it's a little bit different. And I'll explain it because in Formula One, um, you really mistakes are amplified. If you make a mistake, if you drive like an asshole, if you crash, you know, you're not going to last long. Um, the difference for Mazepin driving like an asshole in Formula Two is that he, he knows he has the talent. He knows he has the huge money from his father that he knows he's probably going to make it to Formula One eventually anyway. So he can kind of get away with driving like that. Where in Formula One, he probably won't be able to. So I think, um, based on what I've seen, I think Schumacher will outdrive him a little bit. Um, and I will be a little bit sad if that's not the case. Yeah, come on, Mick A. That's the heart. That's the heart speaking as well. We 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 know Mick is the fan favorite because of his dad, all-time legend Michael Schumacher. Um, the only one, only driver that's better than him is, is Lewis Hamilton, who is literally the all-time great. Right. Good take. All right, cool. Well, let's uh let's put the liveries into the back half of the pod quick. Uh change back to the uh read roll dog list. I need Love uh it. I need Love the next it. I need the next two. Give me uh give me three and four for uh Reed's roll dog rundown. All right, number three might be a name Hall of Famer alone. Chris Fuamatu Maafala. <laughs> He's got to be a stealer, right? The rumbling Hawaiian stealer fullback. Yes, I knew it. One more time, Reed. Let, let me hear that musical name you Chris, just rolled out there. Chris Fuamatu Maafala. There's no way his real name is Chris. <laughs> One There's- has to wonder. There's no way with the last name like that, his first name has got to be something equally as impossible to pronounce. So he decided to go with Chris. So might not be a household name, but as a Steelers fan growing up, like, you know, I, I was trying to get his Jersey. Um, I never got my hands on it, but you know, he, he was very much uh, a Steelers fan favorite. So I think everyone in Pittsburgh is going to resonate with this role dog. What does spoke what does spoke call a jersey like that? It's a uh, a window wiper or a uh, windshield wiper? A windshield wiper jersey, yep. yeah, covers the whole jersey. That's exactly what it is. Shout out Spoke. Um, his career is actually very much a roll dog, as you can imagine, being a fullback drafted in the sixth round. Um, but he did have a he put together a little season in two thousand one. He had four hundred fifty three rush yards for three touchdowns. And he even caught a receiving touchdown. So shout out Chris. Back in the heyday of the of fullback uh, in the NFL, RIP. Also a Utah Ute, if you can imagine that that visual. Shocker. Shocker. Oh, you? I, I, if I were to guess what school he was from, I I, I would have guessed Utah Utes. Honestly, get out of here! Come on, I, I feel like the Utes suit up more. I mean, is he Samoan? He you wouldn't have guessed University of Hawaii? I mean, does he is he Samoan? He sounds Samoan. I believe so. He's some sort of Pacific Islander. The Utes suit up more Samoans than uh, arguably, yeah. I mean, you're right. Hawaii and Oregon are probably in there. BYU. As well. 
BYU yes. is also up there. Yeah. I feel, I feel like the Utes are suiting up just as many, if not the most, Samoans in college football. And I would have guessed the Utes. I'm just, you just saying. Point there. Just the saying. world may never know. We'll take your word for it. All right, Reed. Those are good. Give me four. Hold on. Let me hear his name one more time, Reed. One more time. <laughs> I honestly couldn't even tell you. What? <laughs> Mata Bala. Good try, D. Bala. <laughs> there will be a quiz it? at the end of the pod for you boys. <laughs> Chris Fumatu Maafala. Beautiful. Chef's kiss. I actually still remember like the day that I, when I was, I was very young, but the day that I remembered, like it clicked how to say his name. I was like, oh, it all makes sense now. Fumatu ala ala. <laughs> right? Is that close? You're so close, close except close. you're not. So close. Close. close enough. I'll just go with Chris. Our boy Chris. All right. Number, number four. Diehard Utah fan. Number four, switching uh, sports for the first NBA entry, Katino Mobley. Oh, my Oh, God. yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. I'm hearing good reactions. That is first that ballot. Yes. That, yes. that is I'll, I'll put, easy. I'll put Katino in right now, please. That is so good. I love uh, uh, Katino Mobley back. And he was, he was awesome. I mean, he wasn't top dog for sure. But kick it to Catino on the wing. Yes. He's knocking down that jumper 10 out of 10. I was actually a little concerned because I, I was like, there's no way Catino hasn't been nominated for a roll dog already. But I think that's just a sign that that's a good roll dog. That was an oversight uh, on, on every former guest and the hosts as well. Mr. Mobley. He was a, was he a rocket and a Nick? If I remember he was right. A, he was a rocket. He was traded for T-Mac. He played for the Sacramento Kings, took the Clippers to the playoffs, but he's probably best known for playing with Steve Francis in the Rockets. Yes. Okay, Steve Francis, right. Yeah, man, that was – because he rocked the uh, – Mobley was when the Rockets had, like, the blue jerseys with the pinstripes and, like, the rocket on the jersey, right? Yeah. No, mm-hmm. those were awesome. I was going to say, a lot of people aren't talking about how he's 27th in career minutes per game. In the le- in league history? <laughs> league history. That dude – Played wow, shout out Catino. He actually retired due to a health condition hypertrophic yes. cardiomyopathy. Yeah, and it sounds like, by all accounts, you know, well loved, good dude. He won, uh, in my, in my research, I found he won the Native Son of Philadelphia award. Beautiful, Catino, a man of a man of many talents. Is it C U T I N O or double T? Double T. Okay. Man, that's good. He's covering it on both names. He was so fun to watch. And I think in the early NBA games on PS2 slash whatever other gaming device it was on, I'm pretty sure Mobley was always awesome to play with because he was knocking those jumpers down. I think you're right. Him and Steve Francis, like you could play like an NBA street game with those two and yes. run it. Yes. 37 minutes per game career is out of this world. That is workhorse. Guy had some gas. He had some gas. Reed, that your uh your Catino Mobley nomination is an instant uh Ardoff um induction. Instant. No brainer. Get him yeah. a jacket. Yeah. Happy to hear it, boys. I'll get the um, um, what is it the uh, 
Come on, dude. The bust. I'll get the bust boys on it. They'll, they'll, they'll start they'll start working on Catino's uh, facial features. He's got to be going in it. He's, so he's, the, the Rockets jersey is what is on his bust, for sure. 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, with the pinstripes, for sure. Yep. So good. So good. All right, Reed. You're killing the Raw Dogs. We wanted to talk about the liveries as well for this uh, upcoming F1 season. Most of the liveries... What is it? Eight, eight of ten. All but one. Oh, nine of ten. Yeah. yeah. So who? Oh, okay. So we're just waiting on Ferrari. Why? Sick. Ferrari's fucking sick. Right. Why? But like, it's like so. Come on. What are you waiting for? Didn't they know we're recording a post pod? (laughs) Right. And it's like based off last season like i, I don't I, I don't think you have much room to hold out the livery till last reveal but that's just my take very fair for sure they they're releasing the car like 2 weeks before the first race of this, so they're releasing it on March 10th which is next Wednesday the first race is the end of March what are you waiting for Pull strategy cotton let's see how that works out is um so when is the the first race is in two or three weeks when's the first race march 28th in bahrain bahrain yep right back to bahrain where george russell gosh should have won unbelievable r.i.p george's chances for a win that's where george was racing for mercedes here yeah 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 yep okay cool all right so let's uh are we gonna do a snake draft for the liveries or are we ranking the liveries? How are we going to do this? Well, I've got my rankings. Um, Me too. I think snake draft can be fun. Um, as long as we touch on some of the elements of everyone, I, I, I have some, some strong feelings. And I think a lot of people do too, about um, the change or lack of change in some of these cars liveries. Um, it's so easy to, to kind of keep the same thing going every year. Um, but I will say we've, we've been treated to a little bit of spice this year. So I'm looking forward to the new cars. I'm very down for snake draft and we can talk about our individual power rankings as each one gets taken. Yes. And I, I petition this we'll snake draft it and whoever, whatever teams you get in the snake draft are your team, your post pod teams for the year. You will pull for those teams. Gosh. Win or lose. And at the end of the year, we will, um, somehow figure out the rankings, maybe add all the points together and see who has the most. I think that, I think that makes sense for the F1 season recap pod. Yes. Like, oh, gosh. All right. All right. That, that's what I petitioned for. Uh, I will give Reed the floor for first pick Nicholas, since you're a little hesitant to the format, I will also give you second pick. I will take third pick, which means I also have fourth pick because this is a snake draft. Oh, gosh. Incredible. Reed, the floor is yours. Well, I actually think um, my number one will be not the most popular. So they're, they're, we're leaving some picks on the table for you guys. So you're welcome. Okay. Um, Thank you. Thank you. I, <laughs> go ahead, Nicholas. No, man. I mean, a number two on my power rankings is uh, now that I'm the number two pick is just hilarious. So uh, for, as far as like season points are concerned, so go ahead, Reed. <laughs> You got Alpha in the second spot. You'll find out soon enough. Ooh, spoiler. Uh, with the number one pick of the 2021 post-pod Formula One livery snake draft, Reed is going to go 
with Alpine F1 team. No brainer. No brainer. See, I thought this would be a little bit unpopular, but the red, white, and blue, specifically the French colors of red, white, and blue, is absolute 100 trillion degree surface of the sun fire flames. It is a hot livery. I will give you that. But in respect... In respect to the season long points race, you got to be a little hesitant. See, I'm just saying, you got to be see, a little this hesitant. This is why you're. I'm, I'm yeah, just saying. Me. We got Esteban Ocon, who is up for debate in his skills on the track, I would say. Don't sleep. Yeah, he's, he's, <laughs> he's, he's good. I'll give him that, but it's up for debate a little bit. And then you got old, old champ. Uh, new rookie Fernando Alonso, so it could come back to bite Reed with his first pick. But as far as liveries go, uh, nail on the head. There. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as far as the gear that Reed can rock this year for Team Alpine F1, that neither of us two can rock. He, he's already got a head start for sure. Let's not let's not forget. You look good, you feel good. You feel good, you race good. So I think I'm coming out on top of this. So so they've got the French. I see the French flag on the back, right above the Castrol. Mm-hmm. Uh, tag. So are they, uh, is Alpine because Alpine is formerly Renault, right? Renault. Yes. Correct. And not obvious to a lot of American folks. Uh, Renault is a major car company based out of France. Um, so Renault is one of the three, uh, factory teams, they call it, which make their own engines and their own cars. And they're fully supported by like the automobile business. Gotcha. Okay, cool. So they're, they're French through and through, hence the red, white, and blue. Big time French. Or blue, white, and red, as they say. Very cool. Okay, great start. That's a hot livery. Nicholas, uh, the commish is on the stage and ready for your uh, second pick here. All right. See, this, I, I knew this was going to happen. And I want to start the season in protest because I don't agree that liveries should be tied to season long results that said the protest is is duly noted thank you and screw you (laughs) but the second pick in the 2021 formula one livery snake draft team Ralt blog selects Williams Formula One. Let's go. <laughs> wow, that is a mind blower. This is Ryan Leaf vibes. GR63. Give me those stripes. Give me the hint of yellow. Williams F1, George Russell, and my namesake, Nicholas Latifi. I will see you at the bottom. I will see you in hell. Let's go, Williams. That's a, that's a Ryan Leaf pick if I've ever seen one. Delivery is clean. I mean, talking talking step up from last year and like all the other years for Williams, that is a that's a clean Williams car with the stripes and the yellow in there as well. It's it's hot. I'll give you that. I'll be abrasive here. I'll say they're they're a slow car and a trash livery. I could not disagree more with the with the livery part. You don't like the you don't like that that livery, the new one, Reed? It is not doing it for me. I will say this. The, the first picture I saw of it, I saw on Twitter, and I was like, wow, actually kind of fire. And then I saw the rest of the car, and I was like, please, no. Don't want so, it. So the stripes don't do it for you? The, the stripage in the middle? The stripes, and I think more than anything, it's the lack of sponsors. 
it just seems like they're a low money business that they just oh like no gosh. one wants to put their brand That's, on the car who is this guy i That's want more good, sponsors on my car give me more ads. that's a guy who knows what he's talking about that's right guy who lives in new york who's just used to being beat over the head with advertisements 24 the truth comes out Reed, bad take on the car bad take Reed, i see four ad advertisements <laughs> behind him i see four I got Acronis, Ponos, Lavaza, which is, uh, they've coffee. been with Williams. Is it coffee? They've been with Williams for a while. And then Versa on the back wing. So four. I mean, I, I think that's yeah, pretty. Everyone sweet. knows Versa, the, you know, the worldwide iconic brand. Is that pretty standard? I think four is somewhat no. standard. Is that not enough? It, it just it just drips the, no, like they can't take anyone's money. Congrats on the uh, on the Dupont sponsorship read that Alpine has uh, located on the uh, side to the bottom of their of their fender. Like, get out of here with this advertisements take. That is so bad for a guy that is a race like knowledgeable person. I cannot believe you're coming at us with more advertisements equals better livery. It would be a fun snake draft if we agreed on everyone. I will say that. I appreciate I appreciate Reed's pushback here. I'm trying to count the sponsors on my next pick here. You're on the clock, so whenever you're ready. So if you have the team name on there, that doesn't count as a as a sponsorship because that's just dude. That team. W mixed in with the stripes. That's so clean. Yeah, I like I like it, Nick. Uh, I like it a lot. But the team name on there that that doesn't count as a as a sponsorship, right? No, uh, no, 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 no. Mine has. Four, maybe five. I think mine has five. So. I know exactly which one you're going with, by the way. I know. All right. So with with no further delay, my first pick in the snake draft is 100% Aston Martin with the green livery. Is it Cognizant? They got big old Cognizant mm-hmm. um, sponsorship on the side. I think it's I just mean, Cognizant. I think you say it like. Cognizant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay, yeah. good. It's a it's a clean livery, and talking about points, season long race. I'll take my boys Seb and Lance in the green Aston Martin Fire Flames livery. Thank you. Also, should be said that the preliminary pictures of Lance Stroll's helmet during testing, along with that livery, also fire. I didn't see those, but I I don't I don't doubt that. I think the driver helmet car matchup very much matters in the overall swag factor. Um, so Nick, maybe you have that in your back pocket for Williams too. Yo, but I, I will say that uh, the wings, the Aston Martin wings on an F1 car is really, really cool. It almost reminds me of like the Jordan wings on a sneaker. Uh, it's just, it's so clean looking. And the reveal video that they did, um, with Seb and with Lance, despite the fact that neither of those two guys are like intimidating to come out in like a spotlight kind of video, it just they did a great job. So shout out Aston Martin, shout out a grizzly ass Daniel Craig coming on to do a video for them. Uh, Tom Brady did a video for them. Like Aston Martin is throwing money at every single thing that they're doing right now, and I just gotta say I respect the hell out of it, despite the fact that they have more advertisements than uh, Team Williams. Wait, Tom did Tom Tom did what? Oh, you didn't see that? No. What did he do? So both Daniel Craig and Tom Brady put videos out 
the same day of the livery release and said, Hey, team Aston Martin, I'm Daniel Craig. I'm Tom Brady. Oh, sweet. You know, just want to say congrats on the, you know, the, the new car looking forward to seeing what you all do this year. Lance, Seb, big fans go out there and have a great year. Let's go. That's incredible. I didn't see that. And I will say if James Bond shows up to the track for a race, it's going to, I'm going to have a hard time betting against Aston Martin. I mean, you put him in a DB nine for a little practice lap. <laughs> Game over. Bye. Craig should just have an F1 seat, period. I mean, that, that's a take for another uh, other pod, but. Little missiles coming out you the front. You taking Daniel Craig with the fourth pick? <laughs> missiles on the, uh, is, it, what, <laughs> is it a yoke, Reed? What's the steering wheel called? Is it, is it a yoke? What is it? The steering wheel of an F1 car? Yeah. Uh, we'll go with steering wheel. Okay. <laughs> is that a technical term? <laughs> I, figured, I figured it would have a cooler name because it's like, it like plugs in, right? It's like a computer. Like, yeah. Right. And it yeah, like it's a serious piece of machinery. Right. So they get in, or I don't know if they put it in themselves, but it's like a, it's like one of the last pieces, right? It like goes into the thing. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, that's when you know you fully made it in life when you're snapping that wheel in. For sure. Yeah, that thing looks because like the guys, all the drivers at home have the uh I don't know if you've played the F1 game on um you know, PS4 or whatever, but that game is top-notch, incredible graphics. The realism is incredible. And um, I'm pretty sure all of the drivers have like the wheat setup of like, you know, a, their seat. I don't know if it's their seat, but they have like a real seat with like the real huge screen and the actual wheel. So they could like practice at home and in um, COVID and all that stuff. I played the game. Are you serious? I know. I know. I, should have, <laughs> I shouldn't have even asked. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was I got. Sorry. I got the. I got the legitimate like steering wheel in my Amazon wish list. I think like that simulator rig situation is kind yeah. of like my dad dream of like when I get older and just am bored and don't have much to do. I'm I'm racing F1 game. Get a few laps in. Yeah, for for sure, man. That 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 would be sweet to see. All right, cool. Well, my. Uh, my pick for number four, Reed, I'm really sorry to do this, but it, I, I really only have one choice here and I could, you know, it's, it's kind of crazy that we're keeping Mercedes and Red Bull on the board, but I, I don't, I, I don't want to be pulling for those guys every week. It's just me. And I hate to do this to Reed, but I'm taking McLaren with the fourth pick, Danny, <laughs> Lando Norris and the fire orange with the blue, trim it's similar to last year's car in a lot of respects but it's very clean i love the orange i don't i don't know what you're laughing at because it's a sweet sweet livery with a sweet uh color setup reed come on back me up here i will back you up on the team but i think as far as livery i'm i'm team ralt here um there's just not enough going on for me um same as last year Cool it colors. The, it's not the exact same. It's slightly, it's slightly more orange, right? It's pretty close, though. Yeah, yeah. But I, I'm, I, I took the, I took Aston Martin mainly based on on livery, 80 percent livery based. This one's more 50-50, maybe more um, end of season points race talk. But yeah, See, I haven't bought into the I haven't bought into the points talk. I'm being true to my livery rankings, and I have McLaren at number six. 
Okay. All right. Well, I'll take McLaren. Give me Aston Martin and McLaren. Nicholas, snake draft is all yours. Commission is ready for your pick. I will say the first three picks were right in line with my power rankings. I had Alpine, I had Williams, and then Aston Martin, one, two, three. Very nice. Livery, li- just livery. Very nice. Because, again, quick reminder, I'm in protest of this uh, livery stand- power rankings being tied to final season point standings. McLaren, I had eighth. Eighth out of the nine that have released there so well, far. Take the heat. Give me take all it your for heat. What you will. Give me all your heat. How about this for heat? With the fifth overall pick, the smartest team in this snake draft here, with the fifth pick in the 2021 Formula One livery snake draft post pot edition, Team Roblox selects Mercedes, the GOAT, Lewis Hamilton, Valtteri Botas. I will see you on the winner's circle. Let's go. Take it, take it, take it. Ron is taking the front and the back of the grid. I'm taking Team Mercedes. I'm taking Williams. I'm taking Mercedes. You actually, I, you deserve that since you took Williams first. So <laughs> I'll, I'll give you that. You, you deserve absolutely. that. Absolutely. I think left, you deserve that. Left it on the board for you. I will say something about the Mercedes. Um, a lot of people aren't liking it, but I look at that and it just looks fast. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 100%. Yes. Reed, can you... Can you give me some insight to the uh, – so on the front of the Mercedes car, it's got like a rounded point. Do you see that in the front middle? Mm-hmm. And I don't where see that. Where the Mercedes that. logo is? Yeah, right where the Mercedes logo is. And I don't see that on any other car. It makes it look quick. Everything else is like sharp in the front side. Yeah, so that's, con- that's considered the nose of the car. Um, and actually that's like – that's one of the few areas of the car where there's – a lot more room for customization like that differentiates a lot of the cars in the grid. Um, and one, one, it was actually in the news a lot last year because Mercedes had the same nose last year, but so did racing point racing point looked like a Mercedes clone and they called it the pink Mercedes. Um, and that's why racing point did so well and might've even led to Sergio Perez getting picked up by Red Bull. Does that lead to some of their, cause didn't who put the protest on Racing point was it? It was Mercedes, right? That was protesting there. Like I don't know what they're protesting. No, very much the opposite. It was uh, Mercedes um, provides the engines to Racing Point, or they did last year. So okay. Racing Point is running a Mercedes, so they're very much in bed together. So they have a partnership. Um, it was those non-Mercedes teams like Red Bull, McLaren, um, that were protesting uh, the Racing Point, and for good reason. I think uh, they essentially copied the car. And that's a no-no. Yeah, there, there's limitations. There, there is some things that they can do and legally to, to share information. Um, but I think they took it a little bit too far. I'll say for the actual livery of Mercedes, I, as a newer F1 fan, didn't know that before last year that they were mostly silver. I think it's the silver arrows is what Mercedes's nickname is for the team. And so last year in support of Lewis Hamilton and Black Lives Matter, and end racism, they changed the car to more of a black livery. I love that they kept it this year. I think so there's something about that Mercedes logo on a black car with that bright green. And then you still have sort of the um, paying homage to the silver arrows with the back, right where the number is um, for the drivers. I, it's fourth on my actual livery power rankings. And I think it's uh, it's a steal at number five, frankly, considering the talent on the team and the, how good that car is going to be. But 
clean car. I think as we expected for Mercedes, but it, it doesn't come, you know, you have all the new, the new cars, Alpine, Aston Martin, those guys that are coming out with the new ones. I think it's rightfully in the middle of the draft where it belongs. Is there a sweeter? Yeah, no, for sure. Is there a sweeter sponsorship than Patronus? Patronus just sounds fast and looks with that like good. teal streaks throughout the car. Like I yes. think that completely makes it like Mercedes would be way lower without that Patronus teal. Yes. Agreed. And the way that Lewis Hamilton says it too, Petronus. Ah. They all love the, the Prince of F1. They've even got the teal inside the wheels. Like it's on the inner circle of the wheel. I'm sweating. <laughs> Thanks, boys. You're on the clock. Reed, you got two back-to-back here, brother. I have Mercedes at number three, so that's a great pick, Ralph. Um, I am actually really happy that this is still available. So with the, I believe it's sixth pick of the 2021 livery draft, I'm going to go with Alfa Romeo. Wow. The red and white, Kimi Raikkonen and Antonio Giovinazzi. Uh, maybe a coincidence that I'm Antonio Giovinazzi in American form. Who's to say? Who's to say? I mean, what do you, you, you like the, I mean, the livery looks the exact same to me. I think it's, I think there's a little bit extra drip in the livery this year. Um, the back of the car with the kind of four leaf clover over the kind of like snake looking serpent figure um along with the the like english looking red cross it's really doing it for me what's the i don't remember that little hawk on there last year i'll say that's that's new as maybe isn't that the alfa romeo because they're also similar to Renault. they make cars that's I right i believe that's the logo for the car maker i think the hawk is actually that orland sponsor um you, i think we've actually seen that on other teams as well um, cause you see it on the front wing as well. The Orland Hawk with Orland. Yeah. Yeah. Which to be fair is a, is a pretty badass racing sponsor. Cool. Red I like the, uh, I like the drivers, not a huge fan of the livery, but I'll take it. That's all right, boys. Eh, yeah. I mean, it, it's too, it's kind of too similar to last year for me, but again, you don't, you don't have to change what's not broke, but not as bad as McLaren. Am I right? Arguably may may have may have been broke. All right, stop with the McLaren. Stop with the McLaren beef. Reed, you're a diehard McLaren man. You're supposed to be standing up for me. I'm papaya till I die. As soon as the as soon as the green flag drops. <laughs> papaya. Um, number seven, Reed. Let's go to number seven. Um, I feel very conflicted about this, but I have to go with my my ranking. I can't change it on the fly. It is what it is. I'm being objective. Um, it is simply the next best livery. It's the Haas. The red, white, and blue, the Russian flag. It's impossible to deny that it is sleek. Absolutely gutted. <laughs> Shocker of the draft. Yeah, I can't believe it either. I thought for sure I was ending up with Haas. I the, did too. At oh the my. bottom. At the bottom of this snake draft, how Reed? Can you explain that? Oh how? My gosh, I think it. I think it comes down to the relativity to last year because Haas last okay. year looked like a steaming pile, okay. and this year it is. <laughs> it is leaps and bounds. I'll give you that. I will give you um, that. 
The colorway is leaps and bounds. The there we I go. Agree. The colorway. So you're forced to pull for Mr. Mazepin for the entire for the duration of the season. Enjoy it. Well, see, that's the thing. We're we're going off looks alone, and they look good. All right, Reed. Duly noted. So Reed's. So your three uh, teams and liveries are Haas, Alpha, and Alpine. and Alpine. Okay. Are they all? Yeah. You literally. You got red, white, and blue across the board. No blue with Alpha, but. Red, white, and blue across the board. For I know what I like. I'm not going to be first in the grid at the end of the season unless we have a stroke of magic. But I stuck to my guns. I feel true to myself, boys. Okay, good. I'm I'm proud of you, Reed. Nicholas, um, we are down to two liveries left. I know which one I want, so go ahead and take take the top of the grid, which I know you will. Go ahead. First of all. I got a lot of flack for taking Williams second overall. So chill out. I will say that Haas, I loved seeing the red, white, and blue when I first just like saw the first image of the car in a little Twitter pixel, uh, whatever you call those little things. And then I looked at it more and I was like, there's the Russian flag all over this bleeping car. There's a Russian sponsor on it. Nikita Mazepin is going to drive this car. And I was like, this is the American team that they were brought back as like, this is America's team doesn't in feel F1. Like it it does really not, doesn't. It does not it, feel like it anymore. What, what tie to the, to, to, to the United States is there in this car? I don't know. It's, it's not much, boys. Also, if you want a little bit of humor, check out any F1 social media post that references the new Haas car and the people <laughs> just go off. Shred. Uh, can you give us a? Can you give us like one or two of like your your favorite like meme uh, versions of that? Give, give me something. It's like that's it. Solve the Cold War. American Russian <laughs> relations are. <laughs> that's the best one. Oh man, they're just ripping it for the Russian influence, huh? Not even trying to hide it a little bit. Which no, also honestly, the literal flag. It's yeah, and the Ural Kali. Sponsorship. Talk about lack of sponsorship. Well, that's what Daddy's got a minority stake in for for Mazepin. So, I see. I see two, maybe three sponsorships on the Haas. I don't know what one and one is. They got the sneaky Under Armour and Alpine stars. Don't forget about that. I I do see that at the bottom. Yeah. I don't even see those. Yeah, you got to zoom in. D. It's below Haas on the side of the car. Oh, okay. In the black. Yeah. Okay. Also, everyone needs a, a villain voice, so we need someone to root against, even if they're my team. I'll happily root against the Haas team this year. With the with the eighth pick of the draft, I'm going to be selecting uh, a team from the Red Bull family. I'll just say that right now. Oh, okay. Um, D is D is. <laughs> I was getting a little. I was jumping. I was jumping the gun there. I'm sorry. They're both they're both Red Bull families. Get Come it? On. Get yeah, it? Great, great. Uh, All right, give it to me. in D's voice. It was palpable. Come on, I, I know who I want. I want my Pierre. You are now P two. So you have the the blue and white of Alphatari, which is very near and dear to the hearts of the three guys on this call. Um, it's there's not much to that car as far as like nothing really stands out. It's just 
the blue and white is a clean is it is a clean thing. There's a reason why uh, we've stuck with it for so long after starting out as pink and black up there in Happy Valley. The Red Bull is very much like you know it's supposed to jump off the car to you. The big bull right behind the head of where the driver is going to sit. The red text on the wing. Red Bull face on. I'm not going to lie. I'm very conflicted and I'm just kind of talking a lot so that I figure out exactly where I want to go with this pick because heart pulling in one direction, head pulling in another. Um, but I'm not going to take this happiness away from B and I'm going to win the points championship in the process. So Red Bull racing, give me the dogs, Sergio Perez, Max Verstappen, with the Mercedes and Red Bull teams, I, there's now no way I can lose. And I still get the hot fire flames, hundred billion trillion Williams racing colorway livery, excuse me, put it in the books. Eighth pick overall D thank you. Thank you. Nicholas. Finish this up brother. All right. So you have to wrap it up for you. You have Williams, Mercedes, Red Bull racing. Yep. Cool. So you got bottom of the grid top of the grid your color scheme is all over the map which i appreciate and you left me to take mr pierre you are now on <laughs> team gross <laughs> alfatari excellent excellent all right so i have alfatari with pierre i have aston martin and i have mclaren excellent i'm i'm a huge fan of this snake draft big well middle of the grid guy dude yeah i'm, I'm right there reed is Definitely uh, looking <laughs> suspect in the end of the points race, but he stuck to his guns with deliveries, which I respect. For sure. In the looks department, we're doing all right. All right. In red, white, and blue across the board. I will say, D, looking back on your three teams and your three deliveries, I think you made out pretty well in this draft. Thank you, Reed. Thank you. I've been just ripped apart for this and entire is just it's so average it's unbelievable but I, I i feel you on the other two i'll give you that that was a <laughs> that was a i, I lead a little away from the livery on that pick and more towards the i want to pull for mclaren okay but i'm happy with it i'm happy with your that. lando guy isn't he your teammate in the f1 game so in the f1 game i'm on team alphatari i switched i was on williams to oh, start okay Pierre. Yes, and now I am Pierre's teammate on AlphaTauri. Thank you very much. <laughs> I wanted to be his. I wanted to be his wingman. Me and Pierre taking down the grid. Also, a huge Penn State energy on the AlphaTauri livery. Yes, one hundred percent. They yeah, they were my fifth overall, AlphaTauri, because of the because of the blue and white. We might need a Saquon AlphaTauri mashup jersey. I mean, Ooh. stop it, Reed. Stop it. Good call, Reed. Can you All imagine right. Pierre? At, at at Happy Valley <laughs> for a stadium. game. Yeah. <laughs> that would be electric. Holy cow! He would have the time of his life. Pierre, oh, yeah, in, in like a all white twelve jersey on the field. Just welcome, Pierre, to Happy Valley. Thank you. <laughs> hey, you gotta have Dean Devore. That would be awesome. Oh, man. Excellent. All right, cool. So I will um, – I, I don't even think we need to write these down. We know who we got. I got them, yep. Yep, we know who we got. Um, may the race begin for the 2021 post-pod livery snake draft season-long points race championship. Good luck, boys. I look forward to seeing where we, where we net out. Reed, you are already scheduled for a season recap post-pod review 
Um, when's the last race? Uh, the last race, it's a long season. It is 12 December, as they say in Europe. Um, oh, 12 always, December. Always, always finishes at Abu Dhabi, the fireworks at the end. Um, we can only hope it's still a tight race until the last race of the season. Why Why were you giving Abu Dhabi flack? That went, that went over my head. Is Abu Dhabi just known as a crap track, or what is that? Hard to pass, hard to overtake. Okay. Um, it's one of those procession tracks. Everyone, the most exciting ones are the one where you can pass at any corner, um, which is never really the case, but the more the better. Like Monaco? or Monaco is the definition of a procession. Um, it means that qualifying is all the more important. Um, okay. But Never more mind. likely than not, the the pole sitter is going to win that race. Okay, because there's so because Monaco's like such a street race. Big cars, small track. Reed, your 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 takes and your influence have just been top notch this evening. Thank you for your Thank your you your input. Yes, couldn't have had couldn't have asked for a better um, preview guest. Thanks, fellas. All right, so that wraps up the F1 2021 preview. We will finish it out with Reed's number one and number two roll dogs. Get ready, folks. These should be absolute Hall of Famers. Reed, the floor is yours. Last two roll dogs are huge for nicknames, but I actually am interested in giving you the full name. Out of Queens, New York, Craig Elliott, Speedy Claxton, Wow. His name is Craig Elliott. I was dying when I saw that. What? Too. That's hilarious. Speedy, number 10, right? Blazers. Yeah, out of the Hofstra Flying Dutchman under <laughs> Jay Wright. <laughs> really? Oh, wow. What a connection. Great. Excellent research. Speedy Claxton, aka what's what's his real name? <laughs> <laughs> Craig Elliott Claxton, how are we? Mr. Claxton, welcome to the post pod. That's excellent. Average 9.3 a game, backing up Tony Parker with the NBA champion 03 Spurs. Oh, yes. Yes. And I also cannot move on without giving an honorable mention to his Warriors teammate, AC Law. Oh, shout out oh, AC yeah. Law, Texas AM legend. Great name. Yeah. I believe it was AC Law the fourth. Don't don't sleep on his Roman numerals. Oh, I believe it is AC Law the fourth. That was a bad man at A and M. He was good at A and M. Yeah, I remember him in college for sure. Definitely a a more dominant college player for sure. I did not realize that Hofstra was once the Flying Dutchman. By the way, that's amazing. They're now the Pride. What a downgrade! Seriously. Keep the Dutchman. Golly. Hofstra is a legendary school. That was their official nickname, the Hofstra Flying Dutchman. Yeah. How cool is that? <laughs> That's awesome. And Speedy Claxton had his number retired and made the Hofstra Hall of Fame. Excellent. Hofstra is where again? New York. New York. Cool. Very cool. Excellent, Reed. All right. Reed, you've killed all five of those. Been, send me off on a on a high note here. So I think this one is near and dear to a lot of our hearts. Calvin Pokey Reese. Pokey. Pokey Reese. This one is going over my head. I'm not gonna lie. Oh, the socks. Are you seriously? I'm sorry. Pokey Reese. Is he? 
I honestly, he's a baseball player. World oh Series gosh. champion on the 04 Red Sox. Ever heard of them? Lee, Lee's going to be upset at this one. <laughs> Calvin Pokey Reese. He's out of Columbia, South Carolina. Shout out Thomas Ralt. The Game Birds. Let's go. Shout out T Ralt. Wow. Also found out that he did not own a glove until high school. Had a very rough childhood. Wow. Didn't own a baseball glove until playing in high school. Columbia. Yeah. One of those situations where uh, an MLB scout showed up to his high school game for another guy, saw him rocket a throw from outfield, and picked him up. Wow. Shout out Pokey. I also didn't know that that was the last season of his career. Wow. He went out a curse breaker in 2004 with the Sox. I mean, what else, what else more can you do at that point? Can I make a roll dog connection here? Go ahead, Reed. What do you mean by that? Pokey Reese in the 04 ALCS fielded the final out off a ground ball from Ruben Sierra. Wow. And the NLCS? ALCS. ALC, sorry, yeah, yeah. ALC. Oh my gosh. Roll dog Ardoffer to another possible roll dog Ardoffer. The ties are deep. Finkel is Einhorn. That's unbelievable. And I'd be lying if I said that that little nugget didn't push Pokey into my top six. I love that. Einhorn is Finkel. That is incredible, Reed. Excellent stuff. And also the fact that he's career seventh all time in range factor per nine innings as a second baseman, which is the weirdest set I've ever heard. That's a sick stat, though. <laughs> and Pokey Reese also played on Ardoffer Johnny Gomes's squad as well. Is that correct? Was Johnny Gomes on that 2004 squad as well? Yeah, Gomes is a later sock. He, he won, I believe, in 2013. Oh, that's right. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, I will go ahead and. Um, second reads Speedy Claxton, aka James. What's his name? Greg <laughs> Elliott for three. Greg Elliott, aka Speed Speedy Claxton. That is great. All right, give me give me Speedy Claxton and Mister Catino Mobley in the um, bust previews over here. Nicholas takes. I'm putting Pokey in there too. Okay. I, cool. I think, like Reed said, the the connection to Ruben Sierra is you, you just put them in. Yep, agreed. Un that was undeniable. his last season of his career. He was always – like Pokey Reese was uh, – that was like a role guy for the Sox. And, and I, Absolutely. I, I I have to throw him in with the, the shoe-ins that are Speedy and Catino. Just names. Oh, for sure. His name, Pokey, Speedy, and – Mobley, wow, Reed. Knocked it out of the park with the roll dog noms. So proud. Thanks, boys. I was excited for this. So proud. Do you want to do you want to give me a couple honorable mentions that I won't say anything about? Just just throw out some names. Rip them, yeah. Rip them. How about John David Booty? Captain wow. Munnerlin. From USC? Oh, Captain Munnerlin. Both from USC's. One Southern Cal, one South South Carolina. Captain Munnerlin. I ran into Booty in Arizona. Because he's uh he's a he plays some golf out there and he was a Viking as well. Booty is still booty. Just uh, <laughs> putting that out there. 
And I knew you'd like Munderland for the Vikings connection as well. Yeah, they both played on. Booty was a backup for like a year, garbage as he was. There are so many roll dogs that hit the cutting room floor. It's like I have to save them for the F1 recap pod. Okay, good. You you might have done the most research pre-pod, and I'm I'm very I'm very proud of that for sure. Oh, good boys. Show up prepared. Get the best roll dogs in the Hall of Fame. I think we did well. You killed it, Reed. Killed it. From the F1 um, preview to the livery draft to the roll dog noms and three um, official Hall of Famers nominated. And now um, the bus boys are currently – yeah, get to work. They're, they're currently busting out the busts as we speak. Get to work. <laughs> Excellent stuff, Reed. Thank you for coming on PostPod 10. Excellent stuff. Nicholas? Post-op posters, Reed. This is so much fun, man. Thanks, fellas. I enjoyed it. Post on. Hey, we'll we'll bring you on in 12 December or (laughs) December for a recap. But until then, keep posting, Reed. Thanks for coming on.